大家好 ，I'm Bella from Bella Simple Chinese School. If you are beginner, intermediate, advanced, looking for HSK study, business Chinese, or simply want to improve your everyday communication, I'm the teacher for you. Come and join me for a free trial class at Bella Simple Chinese School. Hello, everyone. Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Tell Craig your story. This is part two of my chat with Rachel on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. All right, let's talk about your your bands and your、yeah. musical projects that you've been into. But we said this before. I sort of know you just as Rachel. Yeah, a lot、and、of people do, I think. And here I am asking how to pronounce your surname because <laughs> <laughs>、yeah. I, I actually didn't know until、yeah. today. So yeah, everywhere, even when I wasn't playing in a band, when I first came to Shanghai, I was like, Rachel, Rachel's in this band, Rachel's in that band, <laughs> Rachel's a DJ. It was so annoying to some people. <laughs> like, oh my god, this girl! Will、uh, she just I, chill out? <laughs> and just on flyers and. You know, just word of mouth and always playing. And, and even when I, I wasn't playing, I'd go out and watch a show. Wouldn't say all the time, but some of the time you're in this band, you're <laughs> going up and doing like one or two songs, you're doing a DJ set. Yeah. So I'm always sort of seeing you. So was it time when you come to to Shanghai? Was like, okay, I've got to do this, or like you said before, flip house? It just sort of fell into it. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I was really nervous on stage at first、uh, mm-hmm. with Flip House, and and I went to Ryan, and I was like, I was like, this gets easier, right? It gets less less nerve wracking, right? And he、mm-hmm. goes, No. Well, so so you said that you you had like this huge panic attack. Yeah. How did that gig go then? It went okay. I mean, like I, I had that moment where I was trying to get out my door, and then I thought about them、mm-hmm. and. How much they they grounded me、mm. all these years. So I thought, you know, I think once I see their faces, and they're giving me this permission to come up and fuck up if I do,、mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. They like they just they love me. So I'm up there with people that I love that love me. So it's gonna be okay, right?、Um, you know what? Sorry to cut you off there again. Yeah. But、uh, that's the one thing that I always used to do, playing. I always play guitar. Anyway, being in this band that that did tours up the east coast, and 
I would get nervous. Yeah. I, I'd be thinking about, oh yeah, I've got to get new strings and I've got to make sure that the the amp's working right and I got to do this, 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 this. And I'm just like oh, anxious. Then I see the guys and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, and you're up there together. Yeah, you're carrying here. this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I if something happens, they're just gonna keep playing, and then fix. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. all works out. Yeah. And so many moving parts, like you said. There's there's the amp, there's the mic, there's the cables, there's this. There's a myriad of, of stuff yes. that has to work with you. And especially with the Snuff Disco. Oh, oh my God. man. Yeah, especially with Snuff Disco. Yeah. Actually, we'll go, go forward a little bit because <laughs> sure. we had the Battles of the Bands. Uh, both mm-hmm. of our bands were on that set. And the, the rules were you had to have 10 minutes to set up. Yeah. Otherwise, it would cut into your show. Yeah. You guys yeah. need like an hour <laughs> to set up. You yeah, know, like there's a lot of all stuff. These, all these For a three-piece band, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things going on to make the sound that you have. Yeah. So I thought that was a little bit unfair. That I, I, I guess <laughs> that that's, is, hey? that's the rule. Yeah, and one of the mics died. So yes. me and Tyler had to share the mic on stage, uh, which was beautiful. Yeah. In its own way and symbolic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... The Snuff Disco sound really came from fusing our styles together because, like I said, I was making, like, synth pop by myself, like, melodic, like, reverby vocal synth pop. That, that's what I was comfortable just doing from out the gate with, like, um, with different, like, arpeggiators and, like, hmm. different loops. Um, and then in quarantine, when nobody had shit to do, uh, me and two of the Flip House guys got together and I would just start playing stuff I was working on, and then Ryan on the bass and Tyler on the guitar would just start doing awesome stuff, like, <laughs> on top of it. And I was like, whoa. And it was like, you took two styles that really weren't supposed to be together. Mm. And I had sort of, I was really into, like, gothic stuff and a little bit more, like, heavier um, Nine Inch Nails and like, mm. The Cure and like I really liked that stuff but they didn't really have exposure to that so when I sort of like pushed it on them and was like maybe let's try to do something like like that um, well, they what, found it so fun well what were those guys listening to I mean I can assume what they, they were listening to uh, with their style of music mm. but what what did the guys listen to in Flip House they're really into like uh, Joyce Manor and like Brand New emo bands, hospital bracelet, right. uh, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it, it, it almost borders on mathy right. a little bit because it's, it's very active and it's very like in your face. And Tyler is like an incredible lyricist. Yes. He's an incredible lyricist. And I remember when I started to sing in our jams, like I would be like shaking with my <laughs> words and, and I would try something and he was so beautifully helpful in being like, I love that line. That's an amazing line. I love where you're coming from with that. Maybe like for the sake of syllables, put this here and we can rhyme this word with this. And he took my ideas and like so respectfully made them better, Mm. made them musical because Mm. I didn't know how those things fit just yet. I'd always written poetry, um, but I didn't know how it fit into music and they taught me everything about that, Right. which is so cool. That's really interesting. I always interested to hear about how you write music like for yourself i mean we're all writing like musicians they write music by themselves but 
when they put it together. Mm. So ha- how did, how was the writing process for Flip House? Um, like, were you coming up with musical ideas or were you just coming up mainly uh, lyrics? It happens in so many different ways. Mm. Uh, I think for the boys, like, they'll put together riffs and... Mm. Um, I can't say that words come easily to Tyler, but it looks like it. <laughs> it looks like it does. Uh, so he's always been the, the front man of that band. And when I sort of came in, it was like, okay, here, here's like two singers. Here's like, we both have a front person ego. Even I did off the gate before I like even started to write stuff. Um, but learning how to harmonize our ideas, not yeah, just right. our, not just our vocals, but like bringing in. And, and so they, they watching them, make songs it was always like oh that's cool what if we try this I'm like oh that's cool oh that works so like having it come together and respecting each other's ideas like they had really been in that practice for a really long time right. so to see that was like so cool yeah so cool so did they already do the first album before you joined or mm-hmm. was after you after you joined yeah they had already done their first album right. uh and they, they're so tight too because they will like write their songs and practice them a lot and that's why they're so tight yeah. on stage yes. um, because they're really serious about practicing um, so being able to see that and and have them really trust what they're doing and, and bring it on stage like they wouldn't really mess up or get too messy because they they know it so well which was so cool and like, then for the second album you obviously would have had more contributions to it I mean, I was still learning how to make music, so mm. I think they were just really open to me being around, and like I had a song mm. and everything, and and when we, and I would go to all their shows because I just you know I love those guys, mm. and when we were in Beijing, um, it was like I was gonna do my song. Tyler started losing his voice, oh. and there we were gonna have this show. And they looked at me and they're like, Rach, if Tyler's voice is shot by tomorrow, like, can you sing all the words? And I'm like, I think I can. I know all yeah. these words really well. I've been to every show. Yeah. I think I can. Um, he ended up being okay and I didn't need to do that, but I was on stage with them for, for most of it, just doing backup for them. So you understand why the yeah. jump into the front man. And that like, <laughs> yeah, that sense of responsibility to like be able to, I'm like, yeah, I'll step up to the plate. I, I, I think I can do it. I know all the words. What a rush. Yeah, yeah, really is. Especially for the band, that's good to know that you could do that if, mm-hmm. if they'd ever have them set up again. Yeah, you know, ride or die. And then, and like, flip house play everywhere as well. That's mm-hmm. like another another bit, like like yourself, like uh, flip house are always, it's like, who are these guys flip house? So, <laughs> no, they're a really cool band and uh, definitely... Another one, like Rat King, uh, sort of waving the flag for the, uh, the original music uh, in Shanghai. So yeah. uh, lots of respect and love for those guys. So for sure. you said with Snuff, Snuff Disco, you were the sort of the main person and then they would come in and write some music. So it's completely opposite to what, what you're doing with Flip House. So. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, and I think that was really exciting for them because Tyler got to step back and really hone in on his guitar skills and ryan had just picked up a bass for the first time he'd never even done that so all of us were playing in these very new spaces and i think that's what made it so conductive to 
being able to create, like we created so many songs so fast mm. and just loved it. And it was just the three of us with like all these pedals and the computer doing the drums. We had the automated, automated drums, learning how to do that. Um, and when we started writing that stuff in Ryan's apartment, like we were like, this is so fun, you know, like Flip House is fun and emotional, but this was more like club ready, borders on a little bit pop, like it's just so fun. And we were like, the only thing missing is the people around us Mm. because I think they're going to really like it. Um, And (laughs) it's funny what the words are about, too, because I didn't really know what to write about except for like love and longing and like Mm. sort of like it tended to be a little like sensual, but I watch a lot of true crime. Right. And my dad was a cop, so oh, yeah. we ended up writing a lot of narrative stories about like about like murder and like vigilantism and like um, the Unabomber and like just crazy stuff. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's interesting. It's, it's yeah. Like people it people are gonna watch it or listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we and we just like hit that spot of like this is so like strange and weird. But how fun is it to, like, write around, like, fictional narratives? Like, I think that was easier for me to do because I was, like, taking... I was not taking it so personally. It was, like, let's, like, create these these characters and this, this like, vibe, you know, that was just really um, edgy and aesthetic, you know? Because art is a big part of Snuff Disco as well. Like, we were really into having fog at the right times, doing like live painting for me um we have a song that's about the mk ultra testing Mm. um you know which was sort of like worldwide in the 70s and 80s and experimenting just different psychiatric wards putting people through these crazy experiences Mm. and so i had the idea to while this like song is just going crazy like do a bunch of rorschach tests on like ink or fake blood and like be doing them in the crowd and then when the song explodes I just like rip it up and I just start writhing on the floor and there's fake blood flying everywhere and it's interactive at that point so that's where it got really theatrical and people would be like what is going on you know so that's really fun because people were like jarred by it how many people are doing that book (laughs) yeah it was like especially in Shanghai anyway (laughs) mm -hmm. super cool super cool and it organically came together honestly Mm. like it was just one of those things that's like wouldn't that be fun to do? And for me, just like going crazy on stage was this huge outlet of, of emotion from the week or the month or anything. Mm. And people enjoyed watching it, you know, yes. as, as, as psychotic as it looks. Yeah. So for, uh, I know that you did it maybe once or twice, maybe you did it more, but playing on the same show, mm. uh, how was that for you? I mean, yeah. especially if Snuff Disco played first, Put a whole, whole lot of energy into it, and then mm-hmm. psych yourself up again and go and play with Flip House. So, how was that for you? They're different modes, really, mm-hmm. and they seem like two completely different bands. But it was more like a like two birds one stone thing. Cause we're like we're dragging our gear to one show yeah. instead of two throughout the week. Um, but we did end up getting them more separated because Snuff Disco started getting booked with more stuff in our wheelhouse. Similar stuff. Yeah, yeah, more like post punk and like techie stuff and um with snuff disco too it was it was opportunistic that it had more tech elements in it because we got to play in 
techno clubs here. Right. We got to play an all club, yeah, an right. elevator. We're like, we were the only act and the DJs would go hard. So yeah, it exposed right. us to so many like new audiences yeah. um, sure. that really just wanted to dance and see something cool. Because uh, Snuff Disc was really dancey, as like melodic and sort of haunting as it can be. Um, the set moves through different moods. Um, and with both Flip House and Snuff Disco, we sort of have this unspoken rule of like 30 minute set, that's it. Right. Um, Bang it out. Yeah, because even if you go to a show of a band you really like, they're up there for an hour and you're like, there's just something in your brain <laughs> that's like, this sort of sound, it sort of started to bleed together. So when we just cut it to 30 minutes max, it was always people being like, we want more, I like more songs, I'll go on, go on. Like, and it's like, no, come to the next show. I love the room. That's why. That's why I love the Ramones. Like, I think they only played. They probably played forty songs, but I never got to see them play. But yeah, they play for like forty-five minutes to an hour. Mm. They play forty-five songs in that in that set. <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> and the kids, no, totally. the kids, the kids go crazy. Totally. Short, sweet. Get off. No encores. No, just in your face for totally. One after the other. Yeah. I think we had a good omen too because our first snuff disco show, somebody proposed in the crowd. Yeah, right. To wow. their girlfriend. Yeah, that was like what? There's videos of that. It. it was so cool. Wow. And we were just so excited that that happened. Did you know that? No. What a no. random. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're doing well. I think about them all the time. Oh, seeing flight blood. Hey, you want to get married? <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. So hilarious, yeah, in C's bar, no less. Oh, right. Beautiful, beautiful. Even still. But did you do some touring with Snuff Disco as well? Did you do some, did you do recordings? And, and what are you going to do with Snuff Disco now that you're going to leave? Uh, yeah. Are you still going to sort of electronically sort of keep it still together, send music back and forth, do recordings? We didn't get to do Snuff Disco too much outside of... Shanghai, which I think is I think is a shame. We got to do a show at Mount Live House though, which was really mm. big for us because it's a yeah. huge place. Yeah. I saw like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard play there. I saw the drums play there. So that was huge. And the way they do sound is just so beautiful. So that was so cool. Um, but with all the travel restrictions, we really weren't, weren't able yeah. to bring it to the rest of the world. And when we had the second lockdown, I had already sort of been thinking about you know, maybe relocating to Thailand or going to Hong Kong to be with my boyfriend. Mm. So I was sort of, I had this guilt of like, what's going to happen to the band? Mm. Um, but we, we were, we've been recording for the last year. It's like Tyler built his own music yeah. studio. That's amazing. That's the other thing. Like when we started doing the drums and stuff automated for Snuff Disco, he like learned how to be a producer at the same yeah. time. He just took that on. That's um, great. So he, yeah, he just got so into all that and helped us so much. Um, but yeah, uh, in the lockdown, his girlfriend got pregnant. Uh, so it was like, oh my gosh, the band is done, but because of this brand new life. You right. know? So I couldn't even be mad. And, and I was uh, like, it, it's sad that it's ending, but we were all sort of going to go in different ways anyway. Yeah. Um, and with Tyler leaving, me and Ryan both knew that. You can't just get another. There's not another Tyler mm. in this earth. There's yeah. really not. So we knew that it was sort of the end of it. But we have all the stems. We recorded 
most of our songs, so hopefully we can finally release it. And you know the one good thing about that with, with the Shanghai, and it's a shame that Flip House, and, but that's just going to get someone, Ryan might find someone else, he might do another project, and might create this whole different style of music. That's what I just love about the Shanghai People just from anywhere just coming in, just meeting for the first time. Hey, let's jam on some yeah, some tunes and see, see what, what comes of it. Yeah, it's transient. Yeah, it beautiful music. It guts me that that snuff disco is ending because that that was my first ever real musical mm. project. Mm. You know, so like your first band is always going to have a special yes. place in your heart. And I don't know what the future looks like, but. And I do solo stuff as well, which is totally different. And some people will say, oh, well, I like that much more than Snuff Disco. And that's, and that's what I want to talk about now. Okay, great. Yeah. So your solo stuff, were you doing that during during Flip House and, and during Snuff Disco? During both, yeah. Right. I mean, it was just another thing to do. I think once I just started making music, I just I couldn't stop. Because I saw some photos of you like with your guitar, of which I... I May have seen you once or once, but uh, not very often. Mm. But yeah, you, you, you're playing your guitar as well. So uh, open mics, is that just something for fun, just to get some... I think it was really like to keep myself up to snuff with writing. Right. Even though when we weren't together in the writing room, it's something that I could do at home and also experiment with other styles because like I said I was like really into the synth pop stuff that's just mm. what came out and then again I really like folk stuff I like acoustic stuff like I love Leonard Cohen and so when it came to writing more folk stuff which is either like acoustic folk that's me or like on a guitar or like the folk tronic stuff it lets me write about anything like mysticism and and shamanism and deities and I've always just been super into that sort of stuff so just writing about really bizarre things it just it feels more to me like a like a channeling mm. and when I'm solo then I can really explore whatever that means and there's there's no barriers at all um, so I've really enjoyed doing that and I got to play uh, a solo show in Beijing and that was really cool I hit up two different spots and the way people have received it have just it's just been so kind and, and mm. people are like, I've never heard anything like this and and when I started writing it I was like, Nobody's gonna wanna listen to this. I've never heard anything like this. This is weird. Yeah. You know, but then it turns out that the opposite is true and mm. that just gives you so much confidence to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said before, like when when you're learning how to play the instruments and when you're listening to it the freedom to, to create a song you can do whatever you want yeah yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? so when, when you go back and do your own things i think that's great and also like with my boyfriend being long distance for three years a lot of my songs were to him right. a lot of my songs are sung about him about mm. us uh to him and i think like is that hard for you to to release that to public for the people to sort of or, or do you sort of metaphor it and try and hide it in the song do they know um, that you're singing about him? Or? It's pretty obvious, I think, but I've had a couple moments on stage, you know, in the last year where, it, like, the time has really added up how much I miss him, and, like, I've, mm. like, broken into tears, like, on mm. stage, and, and the crowd, like, 
helps me get it together. <laughs> and it's, right. just, it's so hard because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a meditation to this person and I miss them so much. And one day I'll see them, but I don't know when. Mm-hmm. And the, since the songs are written straight to this person, it's like, here's a brand new language that I wasn't able to speak mm. before. And I can say things through a song that I can't really chit chat about. Yes. Either through metaphors or um, through just like little inside jokes in the lyrics that only we'll get. Yeah. And like he's so receptive to it too because like we'll be talking and he'll be like, it's like in that one song you wrote where you said blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> We're speaking in this like index of like deep personal feelings. And yeah. it's so cool because he's just, he's my biggest fan. And what more could you ask for with that? Mm. Yeah. And with your uh, DJ set as well, mm. how do you put a set together for, for this? Is it always changing? Are you sort of keeping to it? Or what, what, where do you play? Tell, tell us about how this all come about. That's like a totally different mode, which mm. I found was so cool. Because like with, with live music, you are like, it's your music, first of all, and it's your words. And, and it's a little bit more like people are standing there to listen. But with a DJ set and playing in clubs, people mm. are there to just like dance yes. and let the music just wash over you. Mm-hmm. And I really started clubbing when I came to Shanghai because in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, there's not really any clubs. <laughs> so I used to go into clubs and just like wail around and flail around and like, like really lose myself in the music. And my boyfriend, when he was here, we would go out dancing and like we just love to dance. Mm. Um, so when it came to getting an opportunity to learn how to DJ, I was like, yeah, that'll be a fun lesson, a way to like kill an afternoon. Um, and my friend Charlie and my other friend Nick showed me around on the decks and I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then my friend Charlie was like, great, you're going to play New Year's Eve now. And I was like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? I had one lesson. There's no way. He's like, nope, bring your music. You're playing New Year's Eve. So... Again, that was like diving headfirst, like get good fast because you don't have a choice. Like 12 is going to hit and everybody just wants to dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, just delving into that. And with DJ sets, the sort of standard rule is uh, start off with a slower BPM, whether it's like 110 or 118 and work your way up to maybe like 129 or 130, depending on the kind of music you like. Mm. Um and I found that I really like melodic techno, um, house, drum and bass, breakbeat, um, trance. I like trance too. Mm. But I'd really only just been starting to learn all these different electronic music genres. So building a set and making the energy play together and watching the crowd, what works, mm. what doesn't work, and really just sort of reading the room and when my boyfriend left, it was like less fun for me to go to clubs because like, yeah. I didn't have my dancer. Sure. And so when I started to DJ, I had this really unique opportunity where I wasn't a dancer on the floor anymore. I was like facilitating the space so other people could have that amazing time mm-hmm. that I used to have, you know, with their people connecting, dancing with each other. Um, and it let me be in a different mode and really enjoy that process so much more. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was super duper special. Are there any 
other DJs out there that have an influence on or, you know? There are For sure. I mean, in Shanghai specifically, there's a DJ called Gogol. Uh, he goes by Jans. And he plays a lot of sort of synthy, dark, Italo disco hmm. that I really like but wasn't seeing right. a lot. So they have an event, um, a couple different events, one at All Club and Elevator. And I went in there and I was like, club music can be like this. And it's lively. And it has almost those rock elements to it. Um, and people love it. So that's when I was like, oh, I can really delve into the stuff I really, really like. Um, and then internationally, there's, I love Boris Breccia, um, and an artist called Hojo. And they've sort of coined this term where it's like minimal techno, but they call it mellow dark. And it's sort of like, it's bouncy and dancey for sure, but it has these like ominous sort of themes and samples and and stuff like that and that stuff just drives me wild I think it's so cool so to find music that affects you like that and then to be able to share it with others that's just the coolest thing ever yeah and also you're not lugging like four cars of gear you just have a (laughs) USB stick and that feels awful nice oh that would be amazing (laughs) yeah yeah it's great yeah unless you're gonna roadie (laughs) it's great but you know it's like when I started out I was so new and then Immediately, people were giving me, giving me, uh, putting me on sets and giving me opportunities to, to get better because you can really only learn by experience Um, and by seeing how it affects the people in the room and the energy. If you're like opening for somebody, if you're playing after somebody that had a different energy, like sort of getting to know the anatomy of that, like was just so 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 cool. And I owe it to everybody that's put me on a set and and took a chance on me because it let me learn so much that's really cool and why the name you did oh yeah um <laughs> we spoke sure. about this a little bit earlier yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so some people know what a gargoyle is and some people don't so it's gargoyle girlfriend is is the name it's a bit of a mouthful but i love alliteration we love poetry out here um and I've always just I've always just loved gargoyles. They're like stone creatures, and in Gothic architecture, they're on churches, and they have sort of like bat wings and maybe like an animal face or like a humanoid face and claws. And in yeah, Gothic architecture and medieval architecture, they are placed on holy places to ward off evil spirits. Mm. They sort of like play for the good side. Yeah. Um, and we always had one at my house growing up. Like, he was like a little fountain guy with, like, wings and this, this stone dude. And we always had him. We had, like, a koi fish pond when I was, like, very, very young. But he followed us to, like, our other houses. And I remember so specifically this one time I came home from college. My parents had been fighting. They'd been married for, like, almost, like, 30 years now, they're, they're incredible. But they had been fighting at the time, and I remember I came through the door into the kitchen, and the both of them are just at the kitchen table holding the wings of the gargoyle, because I guess it had fallen over, right. and both the wings came off, and so they were, like, super gluing it together, but they had to, like, hold it there for, like, 10 minutes. And I'll just never forget, like, walking in on this image. And so gargoyles have always been just, like, 
deeply personal to, to me because I just love creatures. I love furniture with claws on the bottom. Like, just that kind of stuff I'm so into. So Gargoyle Girlfriend was sort of like, it's ambiguous because people ask me, like, are you the girlfriend? Is someone else the girlfriend? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But it's really open for, you know, interpretation. interpretation. Yeah. 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 So I'm looking forward to your first house where you actually have all these things and claws. Yeah, 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 yeah. You put them in gardens. They're in, like, cemeteries. Like, oh, it's just, it's right up my alley. I just love that stuff. So cool. Like, the Chinese, they have, like, uh, like a food dog, you know, like, outside banks and stuff. Um, and... The, the Thai have like a singha, which is like a lion sculpture. So there's a lot of different names for them, but mm-hmm. from the Western world, we call them gargoyles. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. So you've been here since 2018. Mm. What are your opinions of the Shanghai music scene? And where do you see that sort of heading, hopefully once everything is sort of opened up again? Sure. Uh, with the pandemic hitting... It was actually for the Shanghai music scene, I think, like this weird blessing and a curse because while the rest of the world was sort of raging through the thick of the pandemic, like Shanghai was this bubble, right? So like we were allowed to do stuff while Mm. other places in the world weren't. Mm. I felt guilty like posting shows on Instagram, like having this grand old time because like it hadn't really hit us yet. We'd been like holding it off, but um international bands started to not be able to come over here so it was like the the live houses and the venues had to fill these saturday nights you know so suddenly like local djs were able to get up there local bands were able to get up there um and it afforded this like really interesting like renaissance as i see it um that that wouldn't have maybe happened if if not for it um Whereas of where I see it going, I think a lot of new bands have formed yeah. out of that. A lot of local bands. Um, Snuff Disco was offered a record deal with Modern Sky, actually, wow. too. So, like, they were going to bring us into, like, you know, the bigger stages and, like, do, like, Strawberry Festival and, now and that, this and that. Sorry, just Modern Sky has got to be one of the biggest stages I've ever seen. Yeah, it's huge. can't believe, like, the live houses here in China. Yeah. Their stages is like a, it's like a house. Like yeah, the, the, com- the commercial ones are no joke. <laughs> they're no joke. And they're an international label as well, so they, mm. have, like, they have a Modern Sky in the UK. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. We ended up not taking it, and I'm glad we, we didn't sign a contract, because then, then stuff really, you know, hit the fan. Mm. Um but we were sort of reluctant to give away the rights to our first music, music our first album, you know, because we, we weren't such sure. Such a trap, such a trap, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. Such a trap. We were really excited at first because, like, what an honor. Like, yeah. they want, like, a. we were foreigners, but that label here had no foreigners yeah, at right. all. So we would have been the first wow. foreign band on it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It was a huge honor. But yeah, like you said, it's it's a it's a huge trap. You got to be really careful, and you got to have lawyers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was it was a little tedious, uh, and they wanted us for it was a two year contract, and they would tell us we have to go to this festival. But we're teachers as well. Yeah, we can't bend to the will of their. <laughs> Uh, not to mention other stuff about it, but you got some weekend gigs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So glad we did that because yeah, we, we, we could have lost the name, 
now that we have to move other places because of all this and mm, that's very interesting yeah plus the the scene is different now like the scope of it's changed like having a record deal meant like they were the only people that could press it mm. you know in the 50s 60s 70s nowadays like if your song takes off on tiktok you're gold, you know, yeah. like it's a different, you can, everything in those big producer rooms that you needed before is on a MacBook Air <laughs> now. You just need to know how to do it. So like the, the, the scene and the atmosphere yeah. with all that is just, it's changing radically. So you mm. sort of got to change with it. Yeah, that's true. But I, I always, I think I always go back to the live, the live feel. If you can't play live, I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. forget about it. For sure. Uh, if you can't play in front of the crowd, then it sort of takes away the whole feel and the being like a real good musician. And yeah, that's what I care the most about. Like, even being in the recording studio, like it's not as fun for me as yeah. as being on stage with the people. Well, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like, how how do you uh, what you see with Snuff Disco? How do you put that onto an album then? Yeah. And get that same sort of effect. Yeah. From the I mean, fans. I don't know. I think the order of the songs, we were pretty careful in like driving the energy. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anybody would want to listen to it mm. on, on like Spotify or Netties. Like, unless time will that, tell. But... Unless you get some fake blood included. <laughs> <on there. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me, having it be an experience in the night is special. And it's the same with DJing. Like, mm. You're all there for that night, for that party. Like, it's so present. Yes. You know? Agreed. Like, you don't need to record the DJ set for somebody to listen to later because it's all about being right there. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, you've been in Shanghai. You've been in China. What have you learned from being here? Yeah. I mean, I think when, like, chaos are in the underground started like that was really when live houses couldn't open yet so seas bar was letting us do like the shows in the basement there um and we started putting together just some shows some rock shows and i had the idea like well let's like fuse like art into this let's get art vendors who are making their own like clothes and earrings and let's have them in a room where they can vend stuff and we'll have three bands, DJs after into the late, late night, um, and, and tattoo to, artists as well. Shout out to Jesse as well, Seas Bar. Oh man, shout yeah. out to Jesse and Momo <laughs> and Cash yeah. and everybody at Seas Bar because they Amazing. took that idea and they were like so supportive with yeah. just any ideas we had. Like they let me paint the main room, I redid the main room. And wow. Yeah. It's amazing. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And they really let that become a second home for me. Um, I mean, the first time you, you go down there, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, like it, everyone, like it. Everyone's first impression is like, whoa. I didn't really think this is going to amaze. And you go into this room yeah. and, yeah. For the people that don't know, Seas Bar is like 10 rooms <laughs> underground of like graffiti, grime, dive, madness, which is like, anywhere to sit and it just in a dirty way it feels really <laughs> homey and i remember the first chaos we threw um it was successful off the bat it was shoulder to shoulder packed of people yeah and i was walking through trying to trying to get everything where it needed to be and i heard somebody 
um, like an American guy say like, I feel like I'm at home. Mm. He said, I feel like I'm back home. And I know that he meant like the basement shows and like that sort of thing. And it was after like two years of being stuck here where you couldn't go home. Mm, so to but... me, when I in passing heard him say that, I was like, yo, like, we're all home here because we have to be like, we are stuck here. This is our family as the world is like in this crazy, crazy time. Mm. Um, and that's when I was really like, this has to be a regular thing. And, and it did, it just built, it just grew. Um, time out, like wrote that it was like the most successful monthly event in Shanghai. And it's like, damn, <laughs> that's so cool. And it, it wouldn't have happened if not for everybody coming together to make it happen. Um, which is just, that's the most beautiful thing. So when it comes to like what's next, I just think that learning how to coordinate all those people, learning how to scout for bands, what order they go best in, mm. when they should play, scout for vendors, um, setting everything up. Like I, I did that pretty much. I took the helm of that on my own. And at first it was really stressful because you'd make like a vending call and people are texting you like all hours of the day yeah. for weeks um, asking about stuff and this and that and uh, it was stressful at first but but then it became easier and easier and easier so if I could move into it's community building mm. at, at the base of it you know creating an environment that that people want to come to and be together um, blending art and music which is like again it's People have been doing that for hundreds of years. It yes. doesn't get old. Yes. Um, it takes on new shapes and, and styles and genres, but but it's never going to die out. So I think no matter where I go in the world, like I want to be making events. I want to be making mm. nights where people are having like just unforgettable Long times. Time. Yeah. yeah. You know what, me too. Yeah. That, that's, that's something that I've been considering. Is Hong Kong uh, long term or just take it as it comes? Not sure yet. I mean, mm. I want to say no because, you know, uh, like I'm moving there to be with my boyfriend and he's mm -hmm. from there. So I think both of us are looking for something brand new yes. for us. Um, but he is also like really in line with, with community building and, oh. and events and stuff like that. So I'm excited to be able to do that as a unit, like as a team, um, mm. whatever it looks like. Like we thought about Thailand and stuff too. There's like really cool things popping off all over the world and there's there's incredible people all over the world. I think like one thing I've learned about moving to a foreign country and, and I tell my friends this who are thinking about just even moving to a, a new state or like mm. whatever it is, I tell them like the people that you love, that love you, they're there already. Mm. Like they're in your future. Yes. They're just waiting for you. You haven't met them yet. Mm. But they're going to be there. They're going to be in your life, no matter where you go. There's amazing people all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, where's your social medias, Rachel? How can we get in contact with you? How can we listen to some of your music? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram as Gargoyle Girlfriend. Bandcamp is also Gargoyle Girlfriend. SoundCloud is also Gargoyle Girlfriend. I also have like mixes and covers on YouTube um, and Spotify, hopefully next. And Flip House and Snuff Disco, all on Flip social House, media. yep, all on social WeChat. media. Flip House is on Spotify, mm -hmm. um, both albums. 
and they're awesome. Give them a listen. My song's there. <laughs> uh, and stuff just go on the way, you know? We're sending files across the world, which you can do now. Right. So we're still working to bring that out to people, yeah. And when, when is there end of the year, next year, no, no plan, just... Yeah, not yet, not yet. We're still sort of figuring out where we want to put our bodies. There's a lot to restructure. So There's New people coming into the lives, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. To finish off, I just ask questions and I want you to give me your top two or three things. Got it. All right, shoot. All right. Are you ready, Rachel? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so first one. Let's do a music one. Uh, I always like to do a music one. Give me... It's a... Top two or three favorite bands of all time. All time. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would have to say... As of today, sorry. As of today. Yeah. Okay. I would have to say Songs Ohio. Uh, Jason Molina. He's not with us anymore, but he was an incredible, incredible Fulbrighter. Moonface, which uh, is, is the moniker of Spencer Krug. Really awesome dude. So talented, and there's a really awesome shoegaze band called Nothing. I love them as well. They're like heavy shoegaze. Awesome. Yeah, they played here. I saw them play here. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're they're one of my favorites for sure. Three bands besides your bands that you're in, maybe a couple of bands, uh, local bands from Shanghai. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Dizong, really cool. They do like psych folk sort of stuff like that they're incredible who else fuck your birthday it's pretty cool nice really, name yeah yeah it's a two-person <laughs> band but they don't sound like it they're yeah. so 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 good did you sing for that huh last time we played with you last was it last week or the weekend before oh yeah you filled in for yeah 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 uh two members um shanghai yes yes yeah. and they are like really famous here in China. They're like freaking massive. Um, and they texted me that night and they were like, you want to come up and just ad lib with us? <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're one of the most famous bands uh, like here in China. So yeah. And we just made stuff up. So yeah, they're, they're, also, <laughs> they're also like super, 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 super cool. And, and I was honored that they asked me to just come off the cuff. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know it was... On the day. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, I just, I come to embrace this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. everything I get into happens pretty much like on the day. So you just kind of roll with it. That makes you so much more confident and, you know, the willing to know that you're able to do these sorts of things. It's just going to... I've only ever learned from the fear, I yeah. think. It's always just being thrown right into it. And uh, it never steers me wrong. Ever. Jungle Butterfly, that's all I hear at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's really, really cool. Um, and she is actually, uh, she did a remix of one of my songs. Yeah, right. Which is really cool. And, yeah, and we awesome. sort of do a similar thing, and, and she pulled me aside, and, and she said that um, she saw my set, and she was like, I want to do stuff like that. And so she started, you know, doing stuff on stage. Um, but it just goes to show that, like, when, when I see artists that inspire me I just want to do that with other people mm. and like that made me so emotional that that she told me that like I was sort of part of her process in the beginning because like that's all I've ever hoped for yes you know um 
And recently, one of the musicians from, he plays at Chair Club, and he's also a producer, and he does a lot of, a lot of jazzy stuff. Um, Alfred, he saw me sing at a club and was like, hey, I would like you to like choose a cover. And I have a channel, come in and sing. Uh, we'll put it together and you can you can sing this cover and so I chose like my favorite artist Spencer Krug and uh, We put that cover together and um, He posted it on his Instagram. He saw it which for me was like Oh my god, no <laughs> It was crazy. It was crazy that he saw it and he's been so inspirational to me since I started that like It's just this feedback loop. You know what I mean? Mm. It's so amazing it's so amazing. Who you meet. Yeah. Right, right, right place at the right time. Yeah. No, big time. Big time. Three of your favorite uh, books. All time favorite books. Ooh. Books. I really like um, Kafka on the Shore by uh, Murakami. He's an incredible... Japanese author, uh, mm. but his like the translations to English are also beautiful, really transcendental kind of books. Um, and I've always also really liked Kurt Vonnegut. So I remember I, I tore through a couple Kurt Vonnegut novels. Right. And I was like, I was like, how am I gonna find another artist that another author that I like this much? And <laughs> um, and. Uh, my boyfriend had actually met up with my best friend in L.A. Um, they hung out, and my best friend gave him this book, and and my partner brought the book to me right after I was like, I'll never find a better writer. <laughs> and I read this book, and it floored me. It's also similar to, like, Kurt Vonnegut's style, where it's, like, kind of dreamlike, and, like, a lot of wild sort of psychedelic things happen in the book. Um, really metaphysical. Really cool. Um, and then the third, I would have to say poetry. So like John Ashbery, he was like a really awesome, awesome, awesome poet, um, specializing in, they call it nonsense poetry. Right. Um, and when I found that in college, it, it really changed how I looked at writing because it's not about anything specific. It's more like, it's more like sketching with, with words and with moods and with like colloquialisms and and stuff like that so yeah his poetry has always really inspired me too very interesting very interesting uh yeah two or three favorite movies of all time Ooh. there's a movie called the fall um with with lee pace and it's about um a stunt actor who ends up in a hospital uh, in like Argentina or something and this little girl is in the hospital with with a broken arm too and um, he starts she's bored and just like wandering all around she can't she can barely speak English Um, and he starts telling her these stories these tales um, and he uses different characters like Darwin and like different explorers and and um, as the movie happens as he's telling the story it shoots into like on location sets of this stuff playing out like beautiful beautiful locations um, and it's all happening inside her 
imagination, like four-year-old's mind. So wow. like when he comes on horseback with like a decree, they like open it and it's like scribbled in crayon, you know, because it's like happening in her brain. And yeah. that was one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. Um, next, I would have to say Existence with uh, Jude Law. Mm. And it's about a video game maker who they've made this video game that's kind of like it's like a fleshy like controller and the people in the room like it plugs into them and then it's like this like psychosis like game experience um and it's such a weird like B made movie but like William Defoe is in it like really big yeah, right. name actors are just like coming in left and right <laughs> uh and it's a really really strange and fun watch two or three artists favorite mm. you, you said Van Gogh Van Gogh yeah Van Gogh, Van Gogh. yeah 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 is he one of them? definitely uh I love sort of like the the thick applied uh like impressionist style I just think it's so 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 cool Da Vinci's always been really interesting to me. Yes. I heard in, in my art history class that, like, because he made, like, books of inventions, right? Like, so, like, he put together, like, like blueprints for airplanes before there were even airplanes, like, in the medieval times. Um, and he would, like, dig up bodies, and that's how he would learn anatomy, like, underground. Like, no one's supposed to do that, but, like, they let him do it because he was, like, Da Vinci. And, uh... I heard that he had like three books of inventions, but he burned the last one because yeah, right. he thought that the world wasn't ready for it. Ah. So he just completely. There are so it. many movies about him. Yeah, <laughs> sort of a, a, a cult favorite for mm. sure, for sure. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think when I found myself in that like first real tough breakup you know because it was like physical violence and I'm like in a country that I've is so foreign to me and like limited friends and stuff I remember um it was really hard on me and I called my best friend Devin um and he said to me like listen I I know you're probably feeling a lot of things right now and you probably want to turn off he's like but you got to turn your love up to 10 and um, that was hard to do because I just wanted to like, close off yes, everyone. Yes. Um, and that's what I did. And I think it paid off because then everything just started falling into place. I met beautiful people. You know, I made new love. I, I really just went against my instincts and like a dial just went like, boom, 10. Um, and that helped me heal so much mm-hmm. and let people in. So that, that always stuck with me, for sure. That's great. That's very good. Last one. Who was your greatest inspiration slash hero and why? Hmm. Probably my mom. <laughs> I think my mom. Because we always had such a close relationship. And, and I know that like moving here, she thought it was going to be strained. Because I wouldn't physically be around. And, like, most of our, like, deepest heart-to-heart conversations happened, like, in long drives. And we would be able to share music at that time, too, you know? Like, right. just, I would make her CDs, and 
and she would talk to me about what songs she really loved and why and so we always bonded over music and and talking about everything under the sun and I've always been able to talk to her about like anything and um since I'm here like we'll get on a phone call and just be like da 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 and it's six hours I look at the phone <laughs> six hours have gone by um because she's just that kind of beautiful spirit and a phone would be like boiling hot like <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no for sure um so yeah, I think like she really taught me everything about music, even just from such a young age. Like, mm. like here karaoke is so big, but in the states, like they had these huge, like karaoke machines and wires and cords and and um, XLRs, and we always in our basement had like piles and piles and piles of chords and I didn't know what they did back then, but I know what they all do now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, I really feel like as I get older and I and like I'm gonna be 27 like I feel her like spirit mm-hmm. you know with me all the time when I'm setting up parties and and she's still doing that back home wow. you know she's still doing it uh, so yeah that that spirit is is always there and now that's a passion yeah 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 it's so cool because she um we were always big on Halloween uh, growing up, we would like make like haunted houses and like hay yes. rides and stuff. And, like yes, the neighborhood <laughs> would come through, and and now she works for a farm that does the county's oh, hay ride, and right. she puts all the props together and the music, and like she's just like a powerhouse. So cool. So, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It's Craig. been a long time. You are amazing talent. I hope you continue to do what you've done here in other places and help other bands. I think you're good at that. Keep writing music. You don't have to age. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Even when you had a really bad day, just write music. Just do it. Right. Yeah, that's really good advice. And then you get out there and start again. So yeah. Keep doing it. Make people happy. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate that. And all the best. Hey. Cheers. This has been so fun. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use a code, tell Craig your story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic.